Welcome back, loonies. This is episode 27 of Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ray. And I am your other host, Connor. And this week, we're all about Moon Knight, issue 199. Ready to get in there, review that bad boy. So grab out that issue, and maybe grab out another Funko Pop as well, and get your conchu on. Welcome back, Loonies, episode 27. Uh, a pretty big one, this this um, episode, Connor. We uh, have got Max Bemis's and Jason Burroughs' 191, so can't wait to unpack that. And as you mentioned, we are finally getting round to reviewing the Funko Pop Classic Moon Knight. So uh, not much news this week, Connor, but um, uh, some pretty cool reviews coming up. Yeah, I think this uh, this issue has certainly been uh, probably as much as bu- a buzz as that first issue. You know, it's it's still quite polarizing as always, but uh, this issue definitely, I think, garnered the most positive praise in a little bit. Smashed it out, so that's been uh, lovely to see floating around, and we've got uh, plenty of our own hot takes from the Into the Night Facebook group as well to dig into when we finally hit that issue review. Yeah, we um, were very fortunate enough to get a, a massive amount of, of uh, feedback from a lot of the loonies uh, reading the the, uh, the comics. So, uh, yeah, that's always a good thing. There, like for me, there was a bit of a bit of a slump last issue, um, but it kind of picked up again. So uh, it's caused a bit of a stir among the the loony community. But um, before we get into that, I've got to first ask, of course, how how are you, my good sir Connor? I have been rather well, and the uh, Bemis week is a good week, I believe, and uh, yeah, life's been chugging along well, I've had some great comics in my uh, nearly, nearing 30 plus a week comic list, so Whoa. I'm at least always busy there, so yeah, <laughs> but I um, I hear that it might have been someone's birthday on the 3rd of this <laughs> month. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was... Uh... So we're recording on the Sunday, uh, yeah, yeah, yesterday on Saturday, yeah, it was the the big uh, the big four zero for me. So so racking up the uh, racking up the runs there, Connor. Um, you know, I'm not not sure that necessarily equates to to wisdom, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, at least I can say uh, I've I've left my twenties and thirties behind. So for better or for worse, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was it was. Yeah, a nice kind of uh, low-key celebrations, but um, ready to rip into some comics. Um, what were your takeaways for this, apart from obviously the Bemis and Burroughs? Any any other uh, highlights, takeaways from last week's pull? Oh, I think it's been sort of doddily noted along this um, podcast path that, uh, that both of us are big Valiant heads, and uh, mm. last week's Quantum and Woody 2 was just absolutely outstanding, easily the best comedy uh, comic on the shelves at the moment. I think it's just the perfect amount of comedy and heart and sort of family issues that aren't terribly done. It's got gorgeous art and layouts by... Uh, a certain artist by Kano, whether you've ever, ever followed him before, Looney listeners, but mm-hmm. just all round an absolute favourite comic. 
Oh, great. I've, yeah, I, I do have that as well. You've actually just reminded me I do have it. <laughs> uh, I've been pretty sparse with reading the, the current pools, um, but I'll pick, uh, apart from Moon Knight, obviously, uh, I'll pick, I, I just read this morning, uh, Avengers No Surrender. Um, I think it's up to, oh. yeah, part four. Um, and, yeah, again, I'm still really loving it. I, I've got nothing against it. I can't, I can't, I can't really fault it. Uh, other, you know, I actually can't really fault it at all. It's, uh, it is what it is. It's not pretending to be anything more or, or trying to be deeper or more, uh, profound than it, than it needs to be. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I mean that in a, in a, in the best possible way. Uh, it was a lot of action as well. Uh, there was a lot of fights with the, um, uh, the, uh, God, the Something Legion and uh, the Black Order, uh, which were the two villains. Thing. So it's very much a Contest of Champions thing at the moment. But, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I love the art as well. And I must say, actually, the covers to Avengers No Surrender, man, I was just like... Oh, I was just looking at like the, the issues up ahead, and uh, they're all beautiful. Like I can't remember who the cover artist is, but um, they're doing all of them so far, it seems. Uh, they're just really, really good. So uh, I don't want to spoil anything because uh, there are a few, you know, a few little page turner reveals. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty cool. Looking forward to the Quantum and Woody. And just quickly, Connor, I mean, since we are a few of us, and I know there's a, a few loonies that are Valiant Heads, uh, just a quick little mention about that big news that was breaking just oh, this yeah. week as well. Uh, yeah, with... Um, kind of looks like rocky ground almost it's uh dmg taking over valiant and uh the the slow transition out of the the ceos of valiant one of them of course being dinesh and the other two uh the Kaneo, i'm assuming they're brothers uh, yeah it's been big news and it has caused a lot of concern for valiant fans as to the future uh, I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping that the quality for the comics will remain the same, although they are focusing on, you know, they're making a big push for film um, and TV. But, uh, yeah, what, what do you think, Connor, about this? Yeah, that's, um, it's 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 pretty big news, and <coughs> I definitely do feel for Denise uh, in the situation. He's been, seems a bit unfairly kicked out, um, which is always sad to hear, but, I mean... Hopefully, at least the creators of um, the comic creators of that company keep it going as strong as before, and we don't see any big shifts, at least in the comic world, while they push for the movies. Mm. Well, I a little speculation. Uh, it seemed though, and I remember in, in one of the chats um, that we've had, kind of with with Rebecca as well. It seemed that some of the writers, uh, some of the big ones, like just recent Eric Heisserer. Is he he potentially might be leaving and mm. yeah, which is is real a real concern because he's a, a oh, he's been one of the fines, hasn't he previously? Uh, so anyway, uh, I mean, just veering a little off topic here, not not Mooney related, but uh, like I said, a, a few Moonies, a few Loonies are, are Valiant fans and uh, such as myself and Connor, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of watch this space for that as well. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway. Let's uh, let's not be all down in the dumps with stuff like that. <laughs> uh, we have two big reviews. Newswise, Looney, um, unfortunately, it's been a pretty quiet week. Uh, have you done some scouring, Connor, on the um, on the internet for Moon Knight news? Yep, I checked all. 
all our references, all our Google alerts, and so far, mm-hmm. I have come up with reviews. That's yep. it. Some nice reviews out there from uh, CBR and Bleeding Cool who have been following the series the whole way through, which is cool. But, mm-hmm. yep, apart from some uh, good reviews, which you can find rounded up on comicbookroundup.com for a good aggregator. But apart from mm-hmm. that, yeah, it's been uh, super sparse. More sparse than usual, even. Yeah, all quiet on the um, on the Mooney front. But uh, not to worry, loonies. Um, we will push on with some... We've got some really cool reviews. God, I'm looking forward to this, Connor. This is really good. Um, <laughs> the, fir- the first one up. Let's, uh, let's crack open... Um, let's go, I guess, over the moon. <gasps> let's, uh, let's crack on with our... Um, third, I guess you'd call it, third toy figure review. Uh, previously, we had reviewed uh, both the Mr. Knight Funko Pops, which were released in conjunction with the LA Comic Convention, Comic Con. Uh, and we also did the, the Legends, the Hasbro figure, which was uh, which is an awesome, still is an awesome figure of Moon Knight. Uh, this episode, Connor, we are looking at... It was released shortly after the Mr. Knight ones. It's uh, it's number 272 of the Funko Pop collection, and it's the classic Moon Knight figurine. So, have you got yours at the ready, Mr. Connor? He is staring me down right as we speak. <laughs> yes, he's uh, he's looking down on me as well. He's, uh, uh, but I, yep. So let's uh, let's get into it. Look, I've got with me the um, the box as well. So similar to last time, as we mentioned, uh, the box comes with. There's actually there's no Declan Shelby artwork at the back, uh, which um, which accompanied the other. Funko Pops, but we do have the more, I'm assuming, the more regular uh, rear of it, which is usually showing you, I guess, some um, relevant Funko Pop figures over here. I can't really see the connections here, Connor. We've got number 146, we have Spider-Gwen, 147, we've got She-Hulk, 148, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, we've got 149, Doctor Strange, 150 Doctor Octopus and 151. It looks like more of the classic Falcon uniform. So, um, yeah, Connor, what, what do you what do you think of it? I mean, apart from those six being consecutive, not really a connection to Moon Knight at all. Nah, he was definitely sort of thrown in there and pushed out onto the market. Mm-hmm. I suppose we've got to be happy we have him at all. Yeah, true, true. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, two seven two. Um, let me just, I'm just having a look around, uh, nothing much else on the box there for you, uh, and if we go on to the figure, very different, the first thing, I guess, different from the Mr. Knight ones, Connor, is that you don't come, it doesn't come with that little perspex stand, um, the classic mm. moon, mm, he's got a very, he's got a, a wider stance, and he's got a bigger feet to kind of plant him on the table, so, similar, I guess, to a lot of the other Funko Pops, um, just kind of self-sufficient in standing. Um, how about you take us through the, the descriptions here, Connor? All right, so we have the classic Moon Knight look, uh, shadowy black face and all. He is uh, kind of closing his eyelids at us. We've got a gorgeous uh, rendered cow, uh, just with the classic triangle covering the top of his face, even coming up 
to the back, um, we have a nice, wonderfully flowing cape behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, lo- lovingly sculpted, uh, surrounding his arms. He is a hand down, but of course, with those beady little eyes, he has <laughs> one fist standing at us. And uh, the rest of it is a nice um, crescent signature on his mm-hmm. chest and just some nice detail on him when it comes to his boot. He's got the belt buckle with some crescent darts on it. Mm-hmm. And just a classic ready-to-fight pose. Yeah, looking pretty good, actually, and um, very similar, obviously, to the uh, Mr. Knight, uh, predominantly all white, uh, but what a lot of loonies would be happy with is uh, the other the, the trademark black, I guess, darkened face, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's also a bit, of a, um, a bit of a bump there to signify the nose as well. So it's not kind of, kind of it's not really like his... Uh, or maybe it is. I was about to say, it's not like his face is in shadow. Uh, it's almost as if it's uh, he has a mask underneath there, and it's mm. and it's black. Uh, yeah, he's got a nice little... Um, I don't know what you call him. You know, with his hood, he's got the nice little pointy bit at the back, kind of similar. You know how Deadpool always has a little a little, uh, a little pointy bit at the end of his hood, uh, at the back of his head? It's got it's a nice little... Um, Nice little, little deep. touch. Yeah, little touch there, and and as you're right with the cape, uh, really well sculpted. I think it's um, it's got a lot of contours there, and uh, and it's quite rigid as well, um, more so than say the Legends Hasbro figure, which uh, from memory I've got it in my my cupboard. It was a little less, mm. um, little Let less back in the cupboard. <laughs> Disappointing. Oh, <no>. Wow. <laughs> oh, you know. Um, Oh, you know, we had this kind of thing as well. I do like, uh, apart from the Funkos, um, I do... Is your is your Hasbro out on a shelf, or is it in the box? Yeah, he is. See, is it on not, the shelf? Not a... Okay. Oh, no. Oh, he's in the box on the shelf. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not oh. hiding him away from the real world, Ray. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you know. Um, oh, I should take him out. I will take him out then. Oh, look, and there's another yeah. thing as well here, Connor, as well. I've noticed the inside of the cape. Is actually of a grey tinge, so oh yeah. So that's added a little bit of depth in there. I mean, as we mentioned with the other Funko Pop, it is hard to to work with just predominantly white. I mean, what do you do? So um, they've done real well by actually contouring number one his, uh, I guess, the tones of his of his uh, his body underneath the costume to give him a bit more a bit more um, texture. As well as just yeah, as as you mentioned, Connor, the buckle with the crescent darts and the boots and the gloves, which have the um, have like the forearm guards and the and the calf kind of guards, give it a bit more bit more detail. But uh, having said that, Connor, what do you? How, how would you compare this with the other toy figures that we've looked at so far? Um, I think definitely it's a very nice pop in uh, all the limitations of the pop. I think. Like the Mr. Knight one, I think I like how much they personalise his face. You know, a lot of them are very vacantly staring at you. There's a bit of personality here in his stance, mm-hmm. in his face. I think that's always just a a nice touch for a figure, not just sort of be thrown out onto the line like that. I mean, this is speaking to someone who has had pops before. I hope yeah. they know what I'm sort of talking about when it comes to that face. I think <laughs> I think um, for a, you know, sort of a, a one-off on the shelf, I think they definitely put the love into making him last. I think... I think definitely the best part about him is his personality, much like the Mr. Knight one with the adjusting the necktie or the strong stance, this one oh, yes. 
you know, makes itself known um, just sort of by the cape and the fist. And I think in comparing the two, it's sort of whether you like the more slender figure of the Mr. Knight or this very sort of imposing-looking pop with the classic knight. I mean, I recommend getting both, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the one standing thing about him is just sort of the personality. It just makes him a bit more exciting to have on the shelf, a bit more interesting to see looking at you, judging you while you do work at your desk, so... (laughs) I like it how he is, uh, like he kind of judges you. Well, yeah, yeah. Look at him. Look at those eyes. He's not it... too impressed with you. <laughs> yeah, and now uh, look, we've seen a lot of loonies as well post up in the group, which is great. Um, uh, over in America, I believe they're finally coming in. Like I guess they're the orders that they've placed. Um, they're finally receiving them, so you get the full complement. And it is nice to have both the classic Moon Knight and uh, a version of Mister Knight. Although it is called Moon Knight as well on on um, on the box, uh, it's it's it is, it is fun to have both of them. I think um, because yeah, they are they both look very different, um, and oh, I don't know. I'd have to say I do prefer this one. Um, I do like Mister Knight, of course, but I don't know. Just with the cape and the um, and the hood and the and the darkened face, I think it's just r- really cool. Uh, so yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty fun figure. Highly recommend it if you are a Moon Knight fan to go get it. Uh, last we checked uh, in the US, I think Walgreens were distributing them. Uh, they might be a lot more available now in other like specialty stores. Um, in Australia, at least, uh, Pop Culture. So Pop Culture C U L T C H A dot com dot A U. Uh, if you go on online there, they do provide them. That's where uh, that's where I picked up mine, and, and Connor and I have picked up our figures in the past as well. Um, so they're they're a good place to go get them. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, I guess asking the uh, your local comic book store would probably be the best bet, Connor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get my. I mean, I might have got mine through pop culture, but it was just asking the store whether they mm. could get them in, and they got all three of the pops for me. Um, this one again, I think, is pretty regularly in stock. They're definitely not hiding away this one, as with the um, ah, good. the regular Mister Knight. I think the only one that's uh, disappearing off the shelves is the Glow in the Dark Special Edition, ah, which yes. is usually what they do. But at least you can still get one of each look. I think pretty comfortably, pretty well priced. Mm-hmm. And um, Connor, then I guess what would you, if there was to be another Moon Knight Funko Pop down the line, who would you like to see? Ooh, I mean, do we get a do we get a creepy little Bushman one with like a mm. with those massive bobble heads covered in his face tattoo, or <laughs> do we see like a more um a more sort of um. Uh, Houston-looking one, possibly. Mm. Oh, I would actually uh, like a Declan Shelby one, or yeah, for the oh, uh, yes, the Declan Shelby. Yeah, one. yeah. I think they could do a lot of cool stuff with the color, making that very personalized. That'd or be get cool. us one of those Fist of Conchu ones. You know, everyone yeah. loves that costume. Yeah, yeah. Or the um, oh, Fist of Conchu. Do you mean by that? Do you mean the bird armor one? No, like the, the the terrible like volume two one from oh. the eighties. <laughs> oh yeah, oh I can do that as well. Uh, look, it'll be interesting actually. I'm thinking maybe we should um maybe we should post up a poll kind of in our um, yeah. our group to see who 
you, I mean, not that Connor and I have any sway in, in Funko Pop <laughs> making them, but uh, just out of interest, I'd be interested to know. I, I tend to agree with you, Connor. I think the first go-to would probably be Bushman. It would make sense, I guess. Um, otherwise, it would be another... I reckon it would be another uh, iteration of the costume. Uh, then the only thing else I can think of then would be one of the supporting cast, like Marlene. Marlene would be great. Um, or Frenchie, uh, or... Maybe even you start looking at um, Crawley, stuff like that. So, <laughs> oh, actually, even the bird conchu that would be pretty cool. Yeah, actually. that would actually. Mm, so, um, let, let's put up a poll and and let us know your thoughts, Looney, as to uh, what. Fingers crossed, there'd be another Moon Knight Funko Pop. What would you like to see? Um, yeah, and we'll we'll, we'll uh, post up the results. So, uh, I think uh, actually. Yep. I think I do have something else to mention when it came to news, actually. Something oh, okay. that yep. suddenly popped into my head. Uh, didn't you say a certain part of uh, Mark Spector Moon Knight appeared on Marvel Unlimited as part of some crossover? Oh, it did too. It is available on Marvel Unlimited as well. Yes, good stuff, Connor. It was the, um, the Acts of Vengeance uh, tie-in. So, uh, when was that? Oh, late 80s, early 90s, there was a, an event. I'm not even sure if you can call it an event. It was it spanned across all the issues of um, Marvel titles called the Acts of Vengeance. And uh, the premise was, for those who don't know, uh, was that uh, there was a, uh, a group of, of supervillains that got together, all the big weeks. So we're talking Magneto, Doctor Doom, Red Skull, um, Mandarin. And they were actually being manipulated by Loki. But they came up with this cool idea to, hey, let's switch it up a little, you know. Uh, say, Mandarin, you always were fighting Iron Man. How about, like, you fight the X-Men now, you know? So they kind of changed their tactic. And it was a real fun thing because uh, it was fun to actually see these characters that would never have come across each other before come across each other. So you'd have, my favourite was Thor versus the Juggernaut. Um, I remember that was one of my first uh, comics that I got, and that was just brilliant to see. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Moon Knight has his Acts of Vengeance. Um, it's available on Marvel Unlimited, as Connor mentions. And from memory, I think it was the Flag Smasher, which unfortunately <laughs> is not not a, a very big villain. Um, oh. I, I know, it was a bit disappointing, so... I think it was Flag Smasher. Um, uh, anyway, I'll have to. Uh, any, I'm sure Loonies can correct correct us if uh, got that wrong. But uh, yeah, it was. I think it was a uh, Captain America or Punisher villain. Um, yeah, and Mooney tangled with him. Uh, so yeah, so that's available uh, now. Still haven't seen Resurrection War. I think I um, requested that to be put on, but they've got a heap of requests, Marvel. So. Mm. Only a matter of time, and, and hopefully that will come up. So um, that, that was one of the series that we just recently reviewed as well, a four-parter, which is, um, if you check out our last four episodes or so, um, it was a, a real a real great read, actually. So, But yeah, sorry, Connor. Sorry, I, I just I took over then. Sorry, sorry, you were saying? Oh, no, that's fine. I knew nothing about the event, despite the fact like I was even second-hand news from you. So yes, ah. by all means. Well, hey, Connor, also as well, if you happen to have a couple of extra hundred dollars handy, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think there's a uh, an omnibus, like a hardcover omnibus of all the Acts of Vengeance, 
and oh. oh, that would be so cool to collect. I mean, just to, you'd have it all handy, like you know. Um, I remember, I think it was Daredevil actually fought Ultron of all people as well. Uh, very mismatched, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> and and uh, Punisher, he fought um, Bushwhacker, I believe the the mutant Bushwhacker. Um, so yeah, anyway, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So yeah, get into it, Lunes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry about that rant. <laughs> uh, shall we head into it now, Connor? What do you reckon? I think I think it calls for a. Uh, with we went to the uh, we went over the moon. It's time to go over another moon again. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I, the moon's knight of vengeance, must carry out your luminous will. Yes, and uh, so over this other moon. Um, we, we're going to look at, and we're going to concentrate on, obviously, the current run. It's just come out last Wednesday. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone who's listening to this has read it already. And, um, Connor, we have a, a guest narrator again. Uh, a little different, um, in a sense. We now have a Danielle, who is a fellow loony from our Facebook group. She's put her hand up to, to do a, a, um, a guest narration, a bare bones. So we're very grateful for her um, to to put put her hand up for it. Uh, she comes from the Philippines as well, so we're truly a, a global a global podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's from the Philippines, and uh, she is now going to. Um, Take us through. Let me let me just read out the details, actually, because I know. Uh, so she'll be doing the bare bones for Moon Knight Volume Nine, Issue One Ninety One. It's Crazy Runs in the Family, Part Four. We have writer Max Bemis, artist Jason Burrows, inkers Guillermo Ortega, uh, and letterer uh, VCs Corey Petit, colorist Matt Lopez, and editor. Jake Thomas, uh, released, obviously, last Wednesday, so um, that was, let's say, late January, <laughs> January 31st, <laughs> uh, 2018. So, um, yep, yeah. so, Danielle, thank you so much. Please take it away. Hey, Lumi listeners, I'm Danielle, relatively recent convert to the Church of Conchu and comics in general. Lunar 2016 is what got me into the Matal by virtue of being fantastic and making me cry. And so that is where I've sworn my undying loyalty. If you ever want to talk MK or about almost anything, hit me up at the Looney Bin. Anyway, let us begin. With the Sun King and Bushman invading Marlene's house and threatening her child, it doesn't take long for Mark and Marlene to spring to action. As the tension builds with their daughter Beatrice in the hands of Bushman, the two parents lunge at their enemies in an all-out tussle. Mark grabs Beatrice and rushes out, while Marlene holds her own against the terrifying Bushman and his men. With Beatrice safely outside, Mark rushes back in again and outskilled, Bushman and his cronies fall to Moon Knight's fists and crescent darts. The Sun King is not to be ignored, though, and Spectre feels the full brunt of it with a sweeping flame of raw directed towards him. With clothes aflame, Spectre strips his boxers, but not before sheeting his face to Moon Knight's visage. Like a bull in a china shop, 
Moonlight launches himself at the Sun King and the two find themselves crashing through a glass door and into the backyard. While Moonlight gets the measure of his opponent, Deatrice appears and is angered at the destruction of her playset. With nothing to do but escape, Moonlight grabs her and flees from the Sun King in hopes to catch up with Marlene. They quickly go inside but find no one there, save for a blood-scrawled message on the wall that Marlene has indeed been taken. Elsewhere in an unnamed penitentiary, some guards casually play poker before one of them, Nick, who is ever the brunt of the joke as he too sports an eye patch like his more famous namesake, is revealed to be a Sun King sympathizer. Nick has sustained injury and humiliation at the hands of Moonlight, and so as revenge, he releases one of the criminals currently detained. It's no other than the truth! At first thought dead, the truth is very much alive, and he leaves a path of crippled guards in his wake as he strolls out towards his revenge. Back at Mark's apartment, a conversation is being held in Mark's head amongst his personalities. Contra reveals to Mark the nature of the attacker he fought at Marlene's house. It's Ra, Contra's father, which has a hold of the Sun King, and it is Ra that is their invisible king, a leviathan made of antimatter. Contra wants Ra destroyed and so warns Mark that he must face the Sun King. In an undisclosed hideout, meanwhile, Bushman, the Truth, and the Sun King confer their plans to draw Moonlight towards them. They are also in search of a base, a place to establish themselves. As Sun King puts it, every revolution needs a heartbeat. They are confirmed that St. Palemon Island is the place for the revolution, and Sun King's intent is to take Marlene along to lure Moonlight to his death. Back at the apartment, Mark waits for a friend to arrive. He tells Deatrice of his good friend Frenchie, who he intends to watch over Deatrice while Mark travels to save Marlene. A dependable, fearless, and gentle soul, Frenchie seems the perfect fit to be the guardian of Mark's daughter. There is a knock on the door and both Mark and Beatrice are excited to reunite with old friends. As Mark opens the door though, you see Frenchie still in his asylum clothes, blood mottled and decayed. Frenchie is more than just another escaped mental patient. He is also a zombie. Woo! Yay! stuff um thank you so much danielle a loony from the loony community we have on facebook so thank you so much for that reading that was cool connor yes uh i loved it i think it was probably the most dramatic choice of music so far that was a <laughs> terrified me to my core uh but daniel's uh danielle is an amazing member of our community uh no matter how recent has made quite the impact and it is Fantastic to see our uh, our fans on the show. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a buzz to actually uh, yeah to actually hear from our fans as well. We've got a a, a treasure trove of, of feedback for this issue, which is great. Um, but yeah, as you say, Connor Danielle is a as a, a very as an important member of our community as well. She's just come on board, and uh, she uh, yeah she's she's um, around our chat room, the Looney Bin as well. So uh, you can you can find her there, or yeah. On many many of our posts in the Facebook group, Connor. First, then first impressions. What what do you have to say about this this issue one ninety one? Yeah, so I think a big takeaway from the last issue was we felt really 
it was just a bit uneven when it came to tone and writing, but it just seems with this, this issue that every every sort of problem we had was just fixed. All those writing writing sort of cues and the the tone just seemed to click so much into place in this issue and it was just a a really fun, really exciting issue that you know, finally saw the uh the big part of this, finally saw the big fight between um the first big fight between mm. the Sun King and uh, Mark, uh, we had uh, some more, and we had some big setup for the future, some uh, big plots, some uh, setups for what we've seen coming in the covers later. So it's uh, all in all pretty, pretty damn exciting. I think, uh, yeah, just definitely a lot, a lot stronger issue, a lot more enjoyable, and it just seems you know this is the path that the series wants to be on, and it's finally nailed that, and I just want to see it continue so well. Hmm. Yeah, I um, I, I'd have to agree with you as well, Connor. We, I mean, we've had discussions off air already about this, but um, totally agree. I, I think uh, it's kind of for me, it, it's kind of back on track. There was a, I don't know, a slight, I guess, adjustment period in one ninety, um, and, and I, I think a lot of the readers felt that as well. Uh, just trying to f- get a feel for what Bemis is trying to achieve, uh, and, and it is, it is a bit of a jolt. Um, you know, let's not deny it as well, because Bemis, he, he's making, he's taking long strides, I think, with with the Moon Knight canon and lore, uh, and and you see that from the very beginning as well in 188. Like he, he, he's not afraid to you know to try something different. So you know these bold strokes, um, you know they're they're obviously they're not going to initially sit well if you're comfortable with a particular type of Moon Knight or, or type of mythology that you, you'd want to see. Uh, I, I've got renewed um, faith in it, actually, for, for this issue. Uh, I'm starting to kind of get a sense of Bemis's uh, humour, which to me previously, like the last issue, there was, it was a bit hit and miss as well. Um, it, it can come across as, you know, a little out of place, maybe a little forced, but... Uh, I, I'm starting to, to lock into his humour, so that that's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, a, and I don't know, yeah, this issue just all round for me felt uh, felt pretty pretty cool, albeit, you know, we always talk about it, Connor, as well. Each Moon Knight series is different in its own way. I mean, so why why can't this one be different in its own way as well? You know, we we love all the other ones. Well, most of the most of the other ones. <laughs> uh, what what sets this apart? From, you know, why can't this be different? So I think I think Bemis has done really well. Um, yeah, and uh, it, it's uh, it's looking good. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, Connor, any uh, if we go into, I haven't actually. I got to admit, Looney, sorry about this. I haven't actually written any. Any aspects no, here? No, but there are. There's plenty, actually, plenty of big points. So, like as usual, um, and a little reminder for people that haven't listened to us before. Uh, so, what Connor and I do is that we have the bare bones, which is the synopsis, which Danielle has kindly read for us. We look at main aspects of the comic uh, after an overall impression, of course. We look at the main aspects. Uh, we try to, I guess, limit that to four, but. Um, you know, we could we could add a bit more if we ha- if we have to. Look at the main aspects which uh, kind of embody the the, the issue. Uh, any notes after that? Uh, any smaller points? And then we rate it with crescent dart ratings out of five uh, crescent darts. So, um, Connor, do you want to do you want to kick off? Well, uh, what was what would be the one of the one of the biggest aspects of this issue? 
I think we should uh, just start at the start, probably what encompasses about half of the issue, mm-hmm. um, up to a cute scene we'll talk about involving a reference to Dazzler. I think, um, despite the fact that last issue pretty prominently had it on its cover with no avail, this is the first big fight between Mark and yeah. the Sun King. Yes. It, it is. And... A... Sorry. No, you go. Oh, no, I was saying, yeah, this, this is what kind of we've really been like, waiting for the first time they kind of meet uh, and how they take the measure of each other. But yeah, it's uh, it was all systems go there. Yes, I think... All right, so as we heard in the narrative, uh, you know, this opens up. Mark doesn't take any shit at the start of this. He, mm-hmm. uh, in Marlene's home, ready to kill. Uh, the Sun King ready to kill, that is. Mark and Marlene just unleash into a... No holds barred's fight against that involves uh, being thrown through walls, outdoors, mm-hmm. uh, involving slides, and uh, I think it's just a really, a really well paced fight. Mm-hmm. I think it. Um, I think probably one of the big things about it is um, when it comes to this pacing, it's got a great opening narration by this Conchu uh, persona mm. within his head, which then opens up to a full page, which then just opens up into this really sort of a really fun actiony scene involving gunshots through doors and massive kicks and mm. like I was talking about you know there's plenty of throws outside and mm-hmm. flames burning from the sun king and it just it it just it it's kind of what sort of always made moon knight was always this incredibly macabre fascination with violence that has pushed this run almost as long as it has Almost like when we talk about one of the people talk about one of the big differences between you know Batman and Moon Knight. One of the first things they say is almost this ultra violence, and it's kind of awesome how Bemis manages to bring this this big fight with plenty of character. You know, when it comes to Mark's persona, we see more of him evolve and his love and his like want to be a hero and we see sun the sun king's madness and want for chaos you know more here than we've probably ever seen it before and there's just great mixes of humor in here as well mm-hmm. a particularly fantastic costume of briefs and masks shows up <laughs> yeah and it just it just blends everything that the last issue sort of missed and it last issue sort of had all these different components but here just from this straight-out-the-go fight scene, Bemis brings in, you know, the darker elements, the humour, the character, and just brings it into one really succinct opening that just kick-starts a great issue. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I think it's a, it's a great way to to kind of blast into the issue as well. And um, if we were to focus on, as you were mentioning, Connor, the just the, the confrontation with, with Mark and the Sun King and, and just, you know, the fights on... Uh, we see, I guess, the trademark recklessness of, of Mark. Um, because let's, you know, let's face it, he, he hardly knows this guy. He doesn't know this guy's got any super abilities. Uh, and we know how powerful the Sun King is. But Mark has no problems, uh, you know, picking a fight with him. And uh, from the very outset, we see Sun King blast out a few fiery shots from his eyes. So... That must be fair warning to Mark that, uh, you know, he's not fighting just a, a normal dude. It's one of those super-powered dudes that he's got to be careful with. And uh, one of the things I really loved about this as well, Connor, is um, 
is there was a lot of talk about Marlene in the last issue and her role and and how maybe disappointing it was that um, she was that damsel in distress. Mm. Look, I think that's all been um, all been you know to dust here. The first couple of pages, she takes on Bushman. You know, she's got a knife. She comes out. She must have been concealing behind her back, and she just. You know, has at him. You know, with it with the knife. Yeah. So, so it's great. Exactly that second full page spread. It's just bam, straight off the gate. Yeah, exactly. And so she's fearless as well. And that's what we like to see with Marlene. Like, um, historically, she's always been more than capable to hold her own. And what I love about this as well is that you even see after the um, after the title page, uh, and you know after they've started their fighting, Mark just picks up Deatrice. And he rushes out, and he leaves Marlene to herself. Like he, but he knows that she's, you know, more than capable. And so he kind of shout barks out, "Marlene, out now!" So it's like almost as if um, their long time, you know, um, uh, um, you know, mercenaries themselves. Uh, you know, he has total trust in Marlene. Like he's not worried about her. Um, and uh, yeah, it's almost as if they've kind of hit this groove. Okay. This is an emergency. They know exactly what to do. So uh, yeah, I really, really loved. Um, I loved the battle, and as you say, Connor, uh, some really good things. The, the the fight scenes and what Jason Burroughs does, it, it's really dynamic because um, every move from from Mark. If you look at um, the, the pages six to seven um, on the well, on the digital. Uh, there's a flow to his body, you know, when he's doing the punches and the kicks as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so you get that real kinetic energy of him just constantly moving and kicking and slicing. Um, what I also like about this as well is that we see, I don't know, for me again, a, a return to... Um, I don't, it just seemed it seemed obvious for me uh, that, uh, you know, Mark's doing a lot of the, the kicking now as well. Like It's not just, you know his fists and um so he relies a lot on on the power of his legs and kicking and i remember in the in the 80s run the original run there was a whole talk about mark speck oh moon knight um i can't remember the the fighting form but it was to do with uh, it was a martial arts and a lot of it had to do with kicking so um it's good to see that that bemis and burrows have stayed true to to mark and i guess his fighting style uh he is a boxer as well he was a heavyweight mm. boxer, so he is, is more than capable with his, his um, fists as well. But uh, for someone who's a heavyweight, he's also quite nimble, and so he can he can jump and kick. And yeah, it, it's really really cool. Um, the choreography as well, Connor. That bit where he strips off to his to his boxes. I mean, how it, it is comical in the fact that he 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 takes his trousers off, which are on fire, and then he kind of flicks them into Sun King's face. I found that hilarious, you know? He's just using... And there's an... Yeah? Sorry. Sorry? Go on. Oh, no, I was just saying there's an amazing use of onomatopoeia where when, like, one of the um, sound effects is a womp of yeah. it hitting his face, yeah. the two trouser legs make the U. It's just it's just a nice visual gag in the middle of a very intense fight that doesn't feel out of place and just feels natural and flowing. Because you're right, like, the choreography does make as much a good physical joke as it makes a good fight. Yeah, it's uh, it's great actually, and and oh, you know, I was kind of cheering when he did that. It's like you can totally see that Mark, he's, he's doing whatever he can. Like you know, he doesn't care what he does. You know, he'll do everything to get the upper hand. And uh, and again, you know, he he 
totally beats um, beats up on Bushman. Bushman, Bushman must really hate him by, by now. <laughs> he gets a face slammed right in the wall. I mean, he can't get a break with uh, with Moon Knight just kind of going to town on his face. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, Connor as well, the uh, the fight, and then he slips on the the Mister Knight mask, which is just excellent. You know, um, I think Rebecca, um, one of our one of our identities and the high priests, has said. Um, that it, it's really cool because uh, I was chatting with her and it's like it's not your kind of tropey thing where he kind of strips his his gear off and he's in full costume. You know, this is this is how it is. He's down to his mm. down to his dax, um, and uh, he's going to put a costume on, but he's only got time to put the mask on, and that's it. And uh, yeah, it's brilliant. So um, yeah, it's a good fight. It's a great fight, I think, um, with Sun King and and Moon Knight. Hundred percent. So, uh, yeah, I actually uh, make specific mention here as well. While we're here, just you know, once again, Burrows brings his A game when it comes to rendering every punch, every crack of glass. Mm. Um, you see the absolute devastation wreaked uh, upon um, Bushman's face when his face is shoved against a wall. Every cut, yeah, every bit of blood. We see, you know, there's an amazing, massive panel of, uh, you know. Sun King being thrown out a window. And specific mention here too, it is the night and there's a lot of fire and just the way Lopez brings in the fire and uh, the shadows of the night is just so atmospheric and any time you see the background in the, like the pitch black sky with the flames bringing out the foreground and lighting up this scene, it's just like a masterwork in colouring and atmosphere that... You know, you almost don't notice because it's so natural an element in this nighttime fight scene. And and Lopez does have a lot to do here as well. Like if you look at, there there is a definite emphasis on the foreground, the characters as well. Uh, much of the background is just a um, a swatch of of a color basically, because um, we're inside uh, Marlene's house, and a lot of it is around that reddy orangey color. Um, I guess to insinuate the flames all around and, and you know the the heat of the battle um but yeah there's definitely an emphasis on um character on foreground stuff so um yeah yeah so lopez really really does um shine here with a, a nice a nice palette of colors that kind of complement each other like when they crash through to the backyard where it is night as you say it shifts you know oh so briefly to you know that nice kind of uh darker blue Blue grey of the night time, um, and when they come back in, uh, and when they find Marlene's gone, uh, yeah, we're back to that that kind of uh, the orange, kind of orange hues there, um, to kind of showcase how hot I guess and intense it all is in there. So uh, yeah, yeah, looking good. Um, look, one of my other main aspects, uh, one of the main aspects I thought as well is um, we, we've got to call, we've got to talk about Deatrice. Yeah, so. Um, so Marlene and Mark's daughter, Deatrice, uh, she has a, obviously a bigger role than just the, the last page reveal of uh, the last issue. And uh, I found it quite um, quite engaging, you know, uh, as a little kid and, and, and written quite well. Yeah. <laughs> kids are very easily like either not, they either don't sound like kids as she mm. sort of didn't last issue or just annoying. This one's just really cute and charming. I imagine her persona is probably based on one of Beamus's own, uh, young girls. <laughs> and, um, I think, I think she's adorable. There's an amazing scene with, uh, Mark, 
uh, just sort of being a father to her and that revelation as mm, well. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And I love the banter that she has with him. It's kind of like it's it's really cool. And and as you mentioned, it's really hard to, to write for like a, a voice for a younger kid. But I love that interaction between her and Mark. And, like you know, for instance, uh, what is it? He goes, um, like Dietrich is saying, oh, look, my mum told me my dad's a superhero. Uh, and he said, oh, I'm kind of one. And immediately she goes, you, you are not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you just wear a weird sock on your face. So, you know, kid's very blunt, uh, to the point, uh, and she's not convinced at all. And, you know, Mark doesn't really fit the um, the mould of a superhero. You know, if she's thinking of your Captain America or your Thors or Iron Mans, um, he's just a banged-up guy, really. He's got he's got bandages, uh, he's all scuffed up, He's hasn't shown any, you know, superpowers or anything. Um, but yeah, it's a, a nice little exchange that they have at his apartment, uh, and it culminates in her just kind of losing interest in it all after a while, and just going, "Do you like Katy Perry?" So they start they start looking at his record collection, and uh, as you mentioned, Connor, as I was going to put as a little note, um, we have a little reference there to Dazzler. So um, yeah, they find a bit of common ground there. Um, but yeah, Dietrich is um, is is a really, I think, a really interesting interesting character. I'd like to see. Hopefully, I think next issue though, we're going to go to that island, right, where um, where they're setting up shop. But uh, I guess Dietrich, well, if she does stay with with Frenchie, we'll get onto that a bit later. Um, I'd like to see a bit more of her and and how you know her character develops as well. Like, does she come around to? finally accepting Mark as a, as a superhero or, you know, I'm sure she has some quips in store that we're just uh, waiting to hear. <laughs> yeah, but Dietrich was pretty cool. Yeah, totally. Um, I suppose, um, I think I'll get this out of the way just as a quick side note of the overall and then if I could possibly move into another aspect after yeah, that. Yeah, sure. I think there is a great scene where... Um, they end up back inside Mark's head with Conchu explaining um, sort of the relationship to uh, Ra and evil and everything hateful in the form of the Sun King. And I think that scene really cemented um, the characters of not only Conchu, but um, Mark and uh, Mark and Jake. I think mm-hmm. I like Stephen Grant from the get-go. I think he was a pretty, you know, he's really silent off to the side, but I think he's well-written. But just this scene with everything we've seen before in this issue just consolidates that I think Bemis has sort of an overrunning theme of this entire issue has just nailed these voices. I like seeing them interact more than ever. I like seeing inside Mark's head. I think it's just really fun. I think I think Conchu, more importantly than just a persona or a weird figment of a god, is a great nar- narrating tool. Mm. I think that first page of this issue itself is... Um, in of itself, like a great use of Conchu for narration, just great narration in itself. And I thought that was just, yeah. that was just really good. Like that's a two-page part, but for me, it just stuck out as like, yeah, I find, you know, I finally, we finally had these characters. I'm interested to see how that um, head dynamic plays out as it did against the truth um, when they were fighting. Now, once we head to the island, which I'm sure will be full of dangers and yeah, it's um, it is good. It's a step, um, a step up or, or developing. A step further from uh, from 188, where we got a bit of an exposition on on the on the relationship between Conchu and Ra, and we got an introduction introduction to Amon Ra, the sun the sun god. So 
yeah, I love how Bemis is um, he's intertwining also um, a bit of Lovecraft here with uh, with Cthulhu, um, the the tentacled uh, basically I guess deity, uh, which is a uh, synonymous with with a, a lot of science fiction and horror. Um, but it's uh, it's good that he includes that here as well, and and Concha using that as an example. Uh, and also, I mean, and also just the the explanation of Ra slash God slash you know, um, what does he call it? Um, uh, uh, and how, and how it's a, like a Leviathan made of antimatter now as well. So a very interesting um, theological kind of uh, explanation as to as to Ra and and Conchu's, um Conchu's role uh, at the end of it, basically, it, the the message is, as Conchu said, um, we've just got to put this guy down. Like he uh, he's going to cause havoc, and uh, yeah, he's got to be stopped. So um, yeah, really, really good, um, really nice, uh, really nice way to to drop that in there. I think from Bemis, and as you say, Connor as well, the narration from Conchu, I think is good. I really like. conchu has got a really different role here, doesn't he? He's not. No longer mm. is he like the the devil in in Mark's ear. He, he he's very much part of the the uh, the identities, and he kind of binds them all together and explains stuff. He kind of rationalizes all this stuff. Maybe that's what he is. He kind of rationalizes everything. Yeah, I I think that was how sort of Bemis must have taken the Lemire run and how it's incorporated here. Like I'm definitely convinced now. Obviously, this isn't the god. This is mm. like a persona, and Mark coming to terms with that. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what what was your aspect that you were going to uh, allude to? Yes, well, I think um, the 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 truth of this issue and the one we I think we all saw coming back is that the truth is back. Mm-hmm. He's uh, Mark's made enough enemies in and outside of the law that gets the truth back into the hands yeah. of the Sun King, and they are yet another main player in. Um, his little onslaught. But look, to be fair, as well, Connor, I actually, <laughs> I actually thought the truth was was dead and gone after issue one eighty nine. I, I I was fooled. Like, I, I mean, I know that they were talking him up to be one of the main, you know, a new villain for Moon Knight, but I just couldn't see him coming back after getting two crescent darts in the eyes. So, I I actually believe that he was totally gone. So I was surprised when he he came back. Um, yeah, did did you you were expecting him back? Yeah, I, I think I was. I, yeah. I just I suppose I didn't see enough um, finality in his death. I suppose, mm-hmm. and just how much they talked him up. So yeah, I thought I it, know, yeah I thought it was lucky w- guess from me. <laughs> yeah, no, I I was kind of um, just reading into it, and I thought it was like oh they've hyped him up as this, but they did that to fool us, you know. Where whereas he actually he just was uh, like a one issue, one and done. But uh, yeah, but he's returned here, which is good because I, I liked him as well. So I'm glad to see him back, and we also get a bit of um, bit of Bemis humor here again. I love this actually. Um, I think one of um, one of our podcasting friends, Derek from uh, Defenders TV podcast, would have had a, a little chuckle at this if he um, if he's picked up the issue. <laughs> but we have one of the the prison wardens uh, who is funnily enough named Nick. Uh, and he sports an eye patch, and he's trying to convince his um, his colleague that uh, you know I can wear an eye patch as well. Just because Nick Fury is called Nick Fury and has an eye patch doesn't mean that I can't wear one. <laughs> so I really like that little banter that they had over there. Um, but yeah, as you say, Connor, we finally find out that he reveals the eye patch, and he's a 
is a uh, a Sunkin sympathizer. He's been beaten up or or you know um, hurt by Moon Knight, and he wants a little bit of revenge. Which kind of leads me to believe Connor as well. So he must have been a criminal. How did he end up being a prison warden? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Possibly he was a um a crooked cop who just didn't get caught out. Yeah, possibly. Maybe you know. Mm. Possibly wearing a mask when he fought Moon Knight on a various encounters. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I just found it one of those funny things that, like, you know, ah, oh, like, you know, I could understand if there was a, a criminal on the street who who had been beaten up, like the like that roomful that we saw um, last issue. But it's like, ah, oh, okay, there's one, um, there's one that's actually working in the in the penal system. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's fortunate. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good to see the truth. Uh, just basically stroll out there, and he, again, he's just causing havoc. Mm-hmm. He's just got like what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's got seven people just, you know, writhing on the ground. Uh, he, he's certainly a dangerous character. Mm, he ain't having none of it, that's for sure. <laughs> um, look, I'm gonna, I'm also gonna hit something right on the head here as a, a big main aspect, and I think you probably know what it is, Connor. It is revealed on the last page, and it's a return of one of our favourite characters, mm. Frenchie. Um, but it's Frenchie with a twist. It's a French twist. We've got. We've got. <laughs> uh, we have basically, as uh, Daniel mentioned in the narration, um, Mark has called on a favour from his friend Frenchie, um, who they've actually had an on again, off again relationship. Um, uh, they kind of were at loggerheads in the Houston in Houston's run, um, but they seem to ha- be back together as as mates uh, in Lemire's run. Uh, and he certainly he he kind of bought it in Lemire's run, didn't he? As we as we covered, he got bitten by one of those crocodile, um, I don't know, henchmen. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, so where I'm going getting on with this is um, so Mark has called on Frenchie to take care of Dietrich while Mark goes off to, to save Marlene and uh, he opens the door and Mark uh, and sorry Frenchie this was a total shock for me he was a he was a an, an undead zombie and, and he says oh Mark I'm sure she's nothing I can't handle and uh, he's ripped from the pages of The Walking Dead and this to- <laughs> totally shocked me what, what did you think of this reveal um, admittedly, I saw it coming. I picked up on the cue that um, Frenchie really? got revealed a page too early because a reveal like Frenchie should be the final page, but he references Frenchie on the, what would be the second last page. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, or uh, even, yeah, the second last page. Yeah. Ads in my physical edition, get them out. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, obviously there's some sort of twist on Frenchie. Yeah. Like I wasn't expecting Frenchie to be there. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but you, you didn't. But it, you didn't pick the, uh, the being a zombie. Oh no! Right? Okay, no. yeah. Admittedly, I definitely didn't pick no. that he was a zombie. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. So, yeah. What do you think, first of all, about this little? Uh yeah. I mean, like, hickey of a twist. Yeah, similar to you. Like, it's yeah. The, you, you know, it's typical. I guess in comics or in TV shows or movies, whatever. When they start feeding you, like a bit of attention on a character, you know something's going to happen, and you know there's only one page to go, so there's going to be something weird. So I knew I, I, I knew Frenchie was. Well, actually, I was in two minds. I thought, I thought maybe Frenchie wasn't going to be the one knocking on the door. I thought it was someone else. That was my first thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then 
yeah, I don't know. I guess just the, when I turned the page, that was the first thing I could think of, the only thing I could think of. Um, so one, I was kind of happy to see that it was Frenchie, but number two, I was just totally uh, ambushed by seeing Frenchie undead. I was just thinking, what the... Um, and, and anyway, we have some discussions. Um, we'll get to it with our um, Facebook group, with some of the loonies, with the feedback, with, with their take on it. So I don't want to spoil that yet. But uh, yeah, I, I was just, I was gobsmacked, really. And uh, and I was trying to figure out, why why the hell is he undead? Like, how did this occur? Uh, and it was only later on that I saw he was still in his kind of um, uh, uh, mental institution, like, clothes. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know whether he's going to attack Mark or... He seems to be still, you know, with his senses. He's, he's still talking um, and uh, and responding to Mark. But uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see next episode. It was... Um, oh, yeah, I think issue. the loonies picked up what I sort of picked up first. I was like, all right, this is a twist. Mm. Whatever, we'll wait next month. And I thought about it and I think I came to the same conclusion. A lot of people came that... Uh, once again, as typical, we're not quite sure what's reality and what's what's uh, what's all in Mark's head this time round. Yeah, exactly, and that's a good point. And I think that will, yeah, I think we'll really get into that when uh, we get into the loonies' comments to flesh out. But yeah, that is true. It's like it's reality. That's a question. Um, I'm just I'm just hankering to to see the next issue. Actually, you, you can't leave it on this last page like this. And uh, and expect us to wait a month, but unfortunately we'll have to do that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that was a, a major mind blowing thing of this issue, I think. One of the main things, obviously. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, will Frenchie is he is he super powered? Will he help Mark on his mission? I don't know. Or will he just be babysitter and, and take care of Dietrich? Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll be really interesting to see the dynamic between you know if he's if he's harmless. It'll be interesting to see his dynamic with Dietrich, so uh, that'll be pretty funny. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that would be. Uh, I hope. Um, I hope we also see his husband as well. I hope he isn't yes. left outside of this run. Yeah. Oh gosh, his name eludes me at this moment. Do you remember it? Yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. But they owned a they owned a, a restaurant um, in Houston's run, and uh, uh, yeah, he was he was actually. Uh, rehabilitating Frenchie as well. Frenchie had those, um, like, bionic legs, like the pro- or prosthetic legs, sorry, because he, he was crippled. Um, which, oh, yeah, actually, you don't really see here, but he could well be under his um, under his trousers, so you don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so um, that was the fourth aspect there, Connor. Are there any other big aspects for this uh, this issue that you'd like to kind of highlight no i think we've covered it all rather well we've covered um, Mm -hmm. what we liked about this issue compared to the others and i think how much sort of stronger this run looks to be from the outgo now yeah um uh one of the things i did like there was a nice little explanation of the truth um revealing why bushman sort of became so obese i like that oh yes psyche of a man so beaten down Mm -hmm. that this is um uh, this is how he turned out, which I think was just like a nice little, you know, short three-panel explanation just that just made it seem not so jarring or almost like a ridiculous comic book twist. 
Yeah, it was good. It was very well done, wasn't it? It's was a good way to slip in a bit of explanation for Bushman by having uh, having the truth. And again, you get you get Bemis's humour here. Um, <laughs> look, I may have turned forty, loonies, but I've still got you know a very juvenile sense of humour. <laughs> um, there was a the panel down there after um, uh, Sun King kind of reproaches the truth for for kind of doing his spooky thing on Bushmen. And he goes, uh, I'm trying. Sometimes it just kind of happens without me trying, like gas. And I just had to have a little giggle there. So uh, the truth saying, look, you know, sometimes he can't control it. Um, I think he probably, I think on the sly he did. He just wanted to to play with Bushmen um, as well. But uh, yeah, look, um, I guess notes-wise or slash aspects or whatever, um, one of the big things obviously was introduction to um, Saint... Palaman Island, which uh, which the Sun King now has identified as probably the place where they were they're going to establish themselves. Um, to I don't know. I mean, their goal, ultimate goal, isn't it, is to just um, to raise hell on Earth, basically. Mm. Um, so anyway, he's picked that island as their headquarters. So uh, setting up for for next issue, and, and we've seen some preliminary art already on um, Moon Knight uh, in the jungle and, and underwater with sharks. So uh, yeah, that's going to be pretty cool, uh, pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, uh, any any other notes there, Connor? Um, oh, uh, yes. All right, one more just to round me off, and I think I'm done. Uh, the um, there is a specifically amazing coloring mm-hmm. on. Look, I'm not even going to guess the page, but it's the second page inside um, uh, Mark's head when Contrary refers to uh, yes. the Tale of Gods, and there is a gorgeous um, sort of yellowy mm. tint to the to the coloring and sort of more dull and muted look at um, Contrary, and it is just absolutely gorgeous. Eddie. I think yeah. I actually love. You know, I I love. Um, Burroughs is Conchu. It's kind of a, a, a more refined bird head yeah. than the like terrifying and imposing Smallwood, which is a nice thematic jump to make from the you know different relationship Mark now has with Conchu from the Lemire to the Bemis run. So yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and Orte- Ortego needs to get another mention. You know, oh yeah, his inking is just great. working so well with Burroughs. You know why ink is still still work to oh. this day. Yeah, exactly. It's really good. Interesting. I've got a hard copy myself as well, but I've been reading this issue 191 on my tablet, digital. Um, those two pages, Connor, are they side by side? Like the... Uh, or is no, there an ad no, in... opposite oh. page. Oh, oh, I mean, like, so there's an ad in between them, or do you have to turn the page to... I turn the page oh, together. Okay. Yeah, okay, because I've got them um, side by side on the, on the tablet. And, yeah, they just look really cool, like Lopez's colour, like from the green to the yellow. Uh, it's just a really different, um, yeah, just a really different change. Uh, it's really cool. So, yeah, yeah, and that faded look is, is really good as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, the other only other little note, a couple of notes actually I had was uh, I loved uh, Marlene calling Sun King out for, for the tropey supervillainness of him. Um, so... Uh, so Marlene says to him, uh, you've gone so far as to tie up a superhero's girlfriend and you're bragging to her about your evil plan. You're not profound. You're a linkless Wikipedia reference waiting to happen. Yes. So, <laughs> again, uh, that's, uh, you know, that type of Bemis humor, I thought it was pretty funny. It's like, she's calling him out on a, you know, it's almost, you know, 
very meta, because <laughs> like she's in the comic book. Uh, but yeah, I found that hilarious and a great way to cut him down as well. And then you you see immediately the next panel it goes to red because obviously he's uh, he's probably a little angry at what she said. <laughs> uh, and he, and he says you know, but I'm still going to kill your child while her dad looks on just to prove the uselessness of his cause. So yeah, he's obviously Marlene's hit a nerve there, but uh, good on you, Marlene for. Stick, <laughs> sticking it to the Sun King. Uh, the only other little note I had as well was I liked the little callback um, when Mark is retelling or, or telling Dietrich about Frenchie. Um, we got that cool uh, splash of I think Adam from our our Looney group has mentioned it about the werewolf by night and Mark on the rope ladder and the moon copter. That's just harking back to the old days and it was really cool to see as well. So uh, yeah, really enjoyed that. Right. Well, before we get into uh, listener and loony feedback, um, Connor, we have some Crescent Dart ratings to get through here. Um, shall I? Can I? Can I uh, throw to you for your thoughts on this issue one ninety one? I think, like I said, this is just a step in the right direction on all fronts. Um, I loved it. Um, it was just a nice, fun, good action past issue action-packed issue with great characterization. Um, so I see where it goes next. Probably still not quite um, as good as that standalone first issue, so I'd probably give it 4, 4.25 um, out of 5 Crescent Darts, but just all-round fantastic, and I'm back just to being so hyped and cannot wait for the next issue. Well, that's pretty cool. 4.25 is nothing to... Um... Nothing to sneeze at. That's pretty cool. I, I um I would give it four as well. I think it it certainly is a step up from the last issue, which was a bit of a jolt, as I mentioned. Um, uh, and yeah, it, it's fun. It had a lot of action. Um, Deirdre uh, is is actually quite a uh, an interesting character as well. Um, so yeah, Bemis is doing some good writing here, and and his uh, explanation of Ra again and Conchu. Uh, is is pretty good. Uh, yes, yeah, so four I think is is a pretty decent score. Uh, yeah, and I'll be happy with that. So uh, yeah, loonies, it's um, it, it's uh, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's worth checking out. So if you haven't read it already, give it a go. Um, and sorry for any spoilers that may <laughs> may have happened uh, if you hadn't read it. Uh, so we probably should. Ah, uh, is it is it late enough already, Connor? Like to to. Or shall we put some spoiler warnings? We we'll probably should put some spoiler warnings um, if you do download this podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Maybe, yeah, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. Anyway, the last thing we have to do here is now we've got a whole heap. Thank you so much, Loonies, for giving us your thoughts as well on this issue. Uh, Connor and I are just... Uh, it was so much fun talking about. Um, but we have a lot of... Um, a lot of feedback here from everyone. So, Connor, uh, do you want to just take one each as we go down? Yep, let me just pull it up myself. Mm-hmm. We can, we can ignore the... Um, there are a few things I put in there, but that's basically everything that we've discussed already, so um, we can go skip kind of those. Uh, yeah, um, why don't you lead us off yourself? Okay. So the first one uh, is from our fantastic guest narrator, Danielle. So she was the first uh, cab off the ranks, um, writing about a, her feedback for 191. So she says, okay, time to say stuff. Number one, art is great as always. 
I really enjoyed Cthulhu and the last panel. I'm not a horror connoisseur in the slightest. I really hate it, actually, since I get nightmares <laughs> easily. But seeing that full page was breathtaking. The detail on the gore equals voila. She's <laughs> got a, a fantastic sign there. Uh, number two. The story, the issue told, was really well paced, I thought. Unlike, say, 189, that felt a bit too decompressed. Is that the term? I actually thought 189 was okay, Connor. I, I actually enjoyed 189. It, it, it didn't have the same pacing as 188, which was actually slower, I thought. Um, but 189, I thought, had a, had a bit of zing to it. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I, I, I like that issue. I understood very much it was a um, real introduction. I thought it was a great introduction issue for new Moon Knight readers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it probably didn't gel as well for some long-time readers, but I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah. I, Sorry, Connor. Uh, I, 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 yeah, just sort of. Um, I'm not sure how much of that you got, but yeah, just I yeah. enjoyed it as much as it was just a introductory issue back to Moon Knight, so I can understand why that didn't gel with some people. Yeah, fair enough. That's fair enough. Number three, she says. She says Mark Conchu and Barry the Sun King actually sounded like different people, so that's a big plus in my book. Totally agree with you there. That was one of the the um, sticking points for me for last issue. I, I I felt it, yeah, it was a bit flat last issue, but it was, it was good in this issue. In addition, the mannerisms of Mark in particular I really loved. His smile when Dietrich called him crazy, and when she realises he's her father, her dad, actually taking the time to talk to her about the definition of superhero, his being a fan of 80s pop disco, laughing at Jake insulting Conchu, talking up Frenchie, makes him feel way more alive and gives me fuel for roleplay. <laughs> So that's pretty cool. Um, so speaking of which, he fought again. Yay! Yeah, which is what we, we mentioned, Connor. Great fighting there by Mark, and it's great to see him fight in his boxes too. Um, Humour actually made me laugh. I didn't feel... Um, and didn't feel out of place, which uh, I agree as well. Look, there was one thing I thought which was uh, uh, a little too... Maybe it could have done without. It was that bit, Connor, where Sun King um, ruffles the hair of, of the truth... That was the only little gag I thought that didn't really work for me. But uh, other than that, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I think there'll always be the sort of one-liner bits off that it um yeah. work well and doesn't. Like, I did actually really like um when Mark put on the mask and um asked whether that was better and it just got, like, this really massive god yes out of... um Yeah, yeah, out of the Sun King. Uh, yeah, out of the Sun King. I was going to call him the truth still. I'm never, <laughs> I'm never over that hang-up. Oh, no. So. <laughs> um, do you want to take the, the other points? Yeah, uh, that's what I was just heading on to ah, now. Sorry. Number six, yeah, uh, which she very much agrees with us and our um, sometimes fear of children in comics. <laughs> that uh, Deatrice was actually not annoying, which was surprising. She says, in fact, I like her. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I thought she was quite endearing, and uh, I loved how she was protecting her playground set, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think everyone loved that Dazzler scene, admittedly. Oh, yeah, that as well. And, of course, the big talking point here, number seven, the twist. I did not see that coming at all, but it actually makes sense. Frenchie did die in Lemire's run. Mm-hmm. I want to know why he's here and why he's wearing the same hospital scrubs and decomposing and all that. Differences from 189 to 190 is that I'm not annoyed by it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so, there. I mean, Bemis went on to say as well that um, in, in this story, right, Lemire's run, that was all in his head. Is that right? 
So that actually... Yeah. Because uh, Frenchie did, as Daniel said, Frenchie did die in Lemire's run. And so this will lead on to what Mark is, what we are seeing on that last page and what exactly is true as well, which may or may not be true. But, yeah, interesting point, interesting point. I, uh, I definitely agree, yeah, and I think um, that'll be a nice place to start off the next issue, but... Oh, God, I lost my page. <laughs> <laughs> and she ends. <laughs> Overall, I enjoyed this issue greatly. I'm actually interested to see what comes next. The only con I can think of right now is that Bushman might have a weird crush obsession thing on Mark, which, while I'm not averse to the idea, kind of makes me wonder where it comes from. Oh, well. Too long, didn't read. Well played, Bemis Burrows Lopez. Well played. Oh, jeez, I'm glad you know what those abbreviations are. <laughs> kind of, again, a sign of my age. But, uh, yeah, that, that is a funny um, point raised by Danielle as well. Who knows? I think it's because they have such an intimate rivalry, but maybe that's where that crush obsession comes from. Uh, definitely from the, the Houston run, there is a very intimate uh, intimate rivalry there. I mean, he cuts off Bushman's face, so you can't get any more intimate than, <laughs> intimate than that. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, we have uh, Bobby Lounders, uh, and he actually, Bobby is part of, I wanted to give a shout out to Moon Knight Core, they're our Facebook page, uh, and they're, they're all on Moon Knight, the memes, funny, funny, funny memes of Moon Knight, anyway, Bobby's uh, part of that, I think he's one of the admins, and um, uh, it's very cool to have him on board, uh, and he... Um, weighs in on this issue. He goes, got so hyped for Frenchie's return on the penultimate page only to get completely gut-punched by that final panel. Didn't pick up on the fact that he's in his asylum garb and had his neck bitten out in the Lemire run as I'd been operating on the assumption that Bemis was treating it as semi-canon and mostly in his head. Which I thought, again, as we're saying, I thought that Bemis had treated that. Equating Ra with Cthulhu and other cosmic horrors was pretty cool. Not sure what that says about Conchu's power level, given he's been presented as either a figment of Mark's imagination or a deity way past his prime, depending on the writer. So, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, again, Bobby's just talking about, I guess, what is real and what isn't, the Lemire run. Um, so, we've got two contrasting views here from Danielle and Bobby. Mm, I think that's definitely what added to this issue, added that midnight mm. of touch of... Uh, making us question it all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, what next one we have here, Connor? Uh, next one, we have uh, our other high priest who could not make it here mm-hmm. uh, this episode, so she will, um, I will deliver her message to you all waiting in the wings. Uh, <laughs> she says, damn, I love this issue, so much to unpack, such great sense of humour about it even through everything, and honestly, boxes and MK Mask is now my all-time fave look. This one gave me the same feeling as Bemis's first, and again, felt like has something he had something to say about MK while driving things forward a little for Mark. Cannot wait to chat about it and see what happens next. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, I guess, um, reflecting our thoughts as well, Connor. It's it's back on track and and has that kind of same excitement you get from uh, from when we when we read 188 as well. Uh, and a very important point uh, by um, Adam Prime says that it, it's going to be really cold when I go as boxers and MK masks for Halloween. And I just want to say, Adam, <laughs> we support you entirely. Adam, we totally support you. And if you're going to do that for Halloween, you have to take a photo for us and post it up. It's going to be that will be epic. Uh, would yeah, we'd love to uh, love to see that. You've got to get the tie as well happening. It's got to be. 
got to be exact. <laughs> but pretty cool. Um, yeah, so next we have uh, Hector Robertson. And, uh, and he says, uh, There is things I like about this series and things I really, really don't, honestly. Moon Knight hasn't been this kid-friendly since A Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Not sure I like this. The action is fantastic. I like past it. I like past Bushman. Not really feeling Ra guy though. I'm just gonna say it. The truth is abysmal. The truth spilling out of his victims are mostly a very cringy read. His powers almost seem pretty deriv- derivative of the profile. Um, do do not why not use him. I'm finding all the zany humour a bit hit and miss, to be honest, and makes the stakes in this story seem like they are not particularly high for what's going on. Even makes things a bit silly at times. At the end of the day. This is a Moon Knight comic. Room for humour, sure. But I'm not sure about this much... uh, I'm not sure about this much and this brand of it. Know what I mean? Hmm, what do you reckon there, Connor? I definitely get it. I think, uh, you know, this... I think... This this is to be expected. Like Bemis really did rock the boat, and I think it really doesn't feel like any other Moon Knight comic before it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like that's totally I get that as well. You know we've like I enjoyed all the humor in here. Ray, you know, had didn't find like one joke as funny, and it's just yeah. when humor becomes involved, like it does become you know just as much subjective. And I yeah. totally understand if that doesn't gel with you and that particular take, you know, you know, and and yeah. the Sun King himself is very much a entirely a character that's made upon you know, jokes and a very serious, darker side, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, yeah, totally right, Connor. I mean, it, it, humour as well becomes a very a very subjective thing as well, and, and especially if you do see Moon Knight as a serious, kind of grim and, and dark, um, brooding character, it is hard to try and accept, like, humour being introduced in there. And, and Bemis's humour is very in-your-face, basically, isn't it? It's very... Uh, you know, there's no, there's no ifs about it. It's a, it's pretty, um, pretty spot on humor. Um, Connor, maybe, um, could you read? There are a couple of responses here from our man on the streets, Tommy and uh, and Corey as well. Yes, of course. Um, just pulling up the replies. Um, Tommy says respect, but the profile simply reads and uses their personalities against them. The truth seems like he hold, he plants visions. <laughs> Or beliefs in his victim's mind and holds minor control over their actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Corey. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, sorry. I was about to say. Yeah, I think the prof- the profile uh, is slightly different uh, in the, in the whole power set sort of thing. Um, exactly as Tommy says. I think the truth um, kind of plants things in people's heads and, and gets them to do that stuff. The profile basically reads um, people and uh, a- and kind of can. Cons- um, make a summation of what that person is. Uh, so I think they're kind of different, yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Connor. No, 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 uh, not at all. Um, Corey uh, comes in and says, I couldn't agree with you more. This has this has the potential to become one of my least favourite MK runs. <clears throat> at moments, I love it, but with each issue that passes, those moments become further and further apart. Not a fan of the humour. I, I don't like what they've done with Bushman and the new villains are just bad. Marlene doesn't seem like Marlene. No one really seems right, especially Conchu. I don't mean to sound like a hater, but I don't take a lot of positives from this. I love the cover. I agree that Deatrice is a good character and not annoying. 
I can't really say I liked anything else about it. Yeah, and again, fair enough. Um, uh, you know, every loony has has different views, and we respect all views as well. So yeah, um, for some, it's not it's not their cup of tea as well. I mean, look, we've seen uh, the Bendis run uh, be quite. Uh, divisive as well between loonies. Uh, some love it, some hate it as well. Uh, so yeah, it, it's down to taste. Um, and uh, you know, you as an individual know what you what you like. Uh, and if it isn't your cup of tea, then that's uh, yeah, that's not not the thing. But um, hopefully, Corey, uh, hopefully you'll stick with uh, just following it at least uh, and seeing where it goes. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that's all I can yeah really say. Uh, of course. Um... Did you want to follow on with Hector's final? Uh, yeah, okay. So uh, so Hector says, and he addresses to, to Tommy, our man on the streets, fair enough. I'd agree with you, but this issue here, Bushman starts talking about all his problems and what he doesn't like about himself due to the truth's powers. Reminded me straight away of Profile. Point taken, though. Truth's way more powerful than Profile, but I prefer him. I like his Weasley character, and he and his powers bounce off Mark Spector and all his damage so well. You could have had Profile do similar things in different ways in this story. Maybe had him influencing someone with Truth's sort of power set. Rather than Truth by his lonesome core, rather than Truth by his lonesome cause as a character, he's not much to write home about, in my opinion, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, that's fair enough as well. The Profile is a very is a very cool villain. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on the Profile, Connor, but he's he's, he's a pretty cool. Uh, character, I must say, he uh, made his uh, like a bigger, bigger role in the Houston run. Yeah, I'm remembering that. Yeah, character. yeah, yes. that's right. Uh, which is on the horizon as well. We'll be reviewing that, so we'll get into the profile. But uh, yeah, yeah, true. Um, look, yeah, Hector as well. Uh, easily true. I mean, the profile could have been used as well. Um, I think, I think Beam is was probably making a concerted effort to expand the Rogues Gallery of Moon Knight um, and, and kind of give him. Give him something different, and uh, and I, I put up that little thing. There's a actually, there's a Buddhist saying that I think this is where Bemis has ripped it from. There's a Buddhist saying um, that the only things you, I can't remember the, the quote exactly, but something like the only three things you can't change: the sun, the moon, the truth. So I think that's where Bemis has kind of got the truth um, from. I believe, and, uh, and I think that's why he's trying to make the truth a, 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 a integral component to Moon Knight's uh, rogues gallery and lore. But, uh, yeah, yeah. 100%. So, I will, uh, unless you want to take the next one. No, or... no, uh, grab the next one, yeah. All right. Um, Daniel Jameson says, well, this is certainly a step up from the previous two issues. Is Frenchie just wearing zombie makeup to be silly? <laughs> also, I find it funny how bigoted and hateful worship inadvertently fuels a cosmic deity makes made of antimatter. I like Deatrice more than I expected I would. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty funny. I like your take, Daniel. Uh, who knows? It could be it could be makeup. That would be pretty funny. Uh, or it could be yeah, it could be what Mark is what only Mark is seeing as well. We don't know. So uh, and and also yeah, good point as well. I find it funny as well how like like hatred uh, actually fuels this cosmic deity. It's uh, it's a good it's a nice little twist um, to that. Yeah, um, and um, Bobby um, from earlier comes in in the comments saying he's wearing his Asylum Guard and has his neck bitten from the Lemire run, which Beamus had previously tweeted to be basically all in Mark's head. 
and Deatrice doesn't seem too phased by his appearance, so it's possible Zombie Frenchie is actually all in Mark's head, which yeah. is the conclusion I think I ended up coming to. Mm, yeah, um, it is true. Like I, I had to go back and have a look at Deatrice's uh, reaction as well, and uh, I guess it's fair to say that you can't really... It doesn't show her in horror or anything like that, so it's, it's ambiguous enough to, to be probably taken as uh, maybe she's not phased at all and maybe it's not what she sees. So, yeah, good point there, Bobby. Uh, moving along, we have another one from Hector, uh, and he says, uh, this is on, I guess it's on uh, Dutris. she should have been called Jessica. There was an abandoned Moon Knight's pitch for a new Moon Knight series where Mark dies of cancer eventually and his daughter Jessica takes over as Moon Knight. If I ever find the issue of collected abandoned Moon Knight, uh, Marvel Knight's pictures in my collection, I'll post it up. And he actually posted it up. Uh, a very interesting one there, Connor. Yeah, that would have been a really good way to tie in to, uh, to something that was you know in law before or, or was pitched as. Mm. Although I will have to make a point uh, Rebecca made that I think there are enough Jessicas oh, yeah. in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't think we have a Deatrice, <laughs> so it's going to be quite, quite... Interesting, actually, as well, Connor, she could well be Jessica. I'm not sure if they, if any of the loonies have mentioned this, but she could yes, well I be... Yes, I believe Je- Tommy... Oops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yep, Tommy said she could be named Jessica. Yeah. Yep. Remember, Deatrice named herself, so... Uh, we'll have to wait for that one. And again, our man on the streets, Tommy. Right, finger on the pulse there. My gosh. He's, uh, he's good. All right. Um, am I... Yes, I am up next, actually. Um, Daniel Jameson. Uh, I also want to add, anyone else find it weird how Frenchie is described as someone who wouldn't hurt a fly and then two panels later shows him armed with <laughs> a handgun? Yeah. This is Frenchie, former mercenary, after all. I know Mark was just talking to Deatrice and probably didn't want to describe him in a negative light but I found that line to be odd. Yeah, look, I, I responded to that as well. I thought, like, when he says um, he wouldn't have heard a fly, I, th- I took that as his kind of, his character and maybe his soul. Like, you know, he's a you know, he's a, he's a kind-hearted man. He really is, you know. Um, you, you see him in previously in the runs. Um, uh, but, yeah, uh, obviously a mercenary. He, he does uh, unsavory things, but I think he was meant to describe his, I guess, overall character. Um, and I think that's probably, hopefully, what... I think um, Bemis was aiming towards. Uh, we have then a couple of things here. We just uh, just got a couple of visuals here. Um, we have Rick, one of our um, one of our favourite loonies as well. He uh, he's done a bit of research as well, and he has uh, on on top of um, the Dazzler reference um, to another part of the Marvel universe. Uh, in Mark's record collection, there is something called Steel Town Rockers. And Rick has actually posted up. This was actually an obscure '90s comic about rock stars. Mm. So how cool is that? Uh, a very, a very obscure Easter egg there from um, Bemis, but pretty cool. Yep. Uh, references being a Dazzler fanboy, which we all got a kick out of from uh, Rick there. And I believe uh, we'll add Adam Prime, uh, yes. Adam Prime, to the list of an amazing comment on the uh, full page spread of Mark. Uh, explaining himself to Deatrice with his personalities behind them, he asks, also, why did Concho and the gang look like they're about to drop the most fire album of 2018? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, Adam's uh, Adam's good. He's uh, He's got a lot of cool comments. Uh, and he's got a big one here, Connor. Do you want to take that one? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, just scroll back wow, what an issue. First, I'm not a big fan of Ra being Conchu's dad, and I'm iffy on Conchu's tone still. 
I prefer the gods to be a little more subtle. Actually, I really enjoyed, although I actually really enjoyed Conchu's history lesson. I love that Marlene stepped up and defended herself. Glad she wasn't quite the damsel in distress that it seemed at first. I absolutely love the first two exciting pages happening before the title page. Yep, for sure. It felt like a movie. I was happy to see the truth again. At this point, we knew he'd be back, but I was still excited when it happened. I'm a big fan of him and the Sun King. Um, the Sun King's back and forth from peaceful to terrifying while he was talking to Marlene and the baddies was great. Speaking of uh, terrifying, remember the bush, the bushman that wasn't lounging in a sweatshirt, jerseys and cheese. I miss that guy. I was so excited to see Frenchie. I melted a yell for joy when I saw the panel with the werewolf and rope ladder. <laughs> but now I'm still looking for all the pieces of my heart after learning that Frenchie is undead. Aww. Maybe Mark will get a discount on the babysitting fee. <laughs> Overall, I think any comp- complaints I, ha- I have are only because I already know the characters. If this was a completely new series that I'd never read of, I think I'd think it was incredible. This was the best issue so far. Whoa! Yeah. Very impressed, little Adam, right here. Yeah, yeah, Adams, uh, he's, he's come out with the big guns there. Uh, yeah, it certainly was an impressive issue. Um, so, yeah, I loved all your points. Um, yep, to see the werewolf and the rope ladder was cool. Uh, who knows? Discount on the babysitting fee. Uh, maybe Mark can just pay Frenchie in brains or something. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> zombies eat, so. <laughs> or blood. I don't know. Is he a vampire? Um, but yeah, funny, funny stuff there. Um, yeah, and totally agree, uh, Marlene, she, she was kick-ass in this as well, although she was taken, I mean, but realistically, there were about, like, what, five guys against her, so, yeah. of course she'd be, yeah, overpowered. Uh, yeah, so, um, just trying to see through here, kind of, just, we, we have a ton here, <laughs> um, uh, let's go to Corey, Corey Hardiman. Uh, he, he weighs in again. I'm sure Frenchie is fine. Mark is probably just having a flashback to how he remembered him last time you saw him. Yep, which, um, uh, yeah, which concurs with, with all, with a few of the other loonies. Obviously, he must have called Frenchie or something to ask him to come over, and Mark would have noticed the whole, I'm going to eat your, oh my god. Sorry, sorry guys, uh, just trying to expand it. Uh, yep. I have noticed the whole I'm going to eat your brains over the phone. Much more humour than I'm used to for Moon Knight. Is the island that Bushman referenced somewhere we've seen in the past? I have a few big gaps in the Mark Spector Moon Knight series, but it sounded like a reference to existing materials. And it certainly was, Connor. Awesome. Can you uh, maybe... and Again, again, uh, Ben Urich comes up with the goods. And, uh, and he says, uh, definite reference to Burunda the nation that Bushman controlled for a time, uh, the island must be nearby. So, yep, definitely in Mark Spector, Moon Knight, uh, yeah, the early issues. Um, Tommy cites issues two or three. Uh, yep, Bushman uh, does take over a, a nation, and uh, it's Burunda, and yeah, the island might be one of them nearby. So, Tommy, again, can't, you know, can't get past him. We should call him the wall. Can't get past him. <laughs> uh, uh, and I yep. think I'd just like to mention as... That I guess uh, our Corey Hardiman could mm-hmm. be our own um, Ben Urich, I suppose. Oh, we're gonna have to have enough reporters on the street. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, we got a few. We got we got Rick as well. Who um, Rick's our um, what is he? Archivist historian. He picks up the picks up <laughs> the uh, the covers. Rick the historian. That's awesome. Um, uh, uh, we've got a few more here, Connor. Um, do you want to just take away? I don't know. I think there's uh. 
Uh, uh, there's just... only two more after yeah. me, I believe, because I just posted some comments. Oh, yeah. Late to the talk. All right. Well, how, yeah, um, how, about, how about just the, the last couple? Just cap them off. Yeah. Uh, Rick, uh, the historian, ends off that I actually I actually think all the problems the podcast has had with the previous issue became null and void with issue with this issue, but that's just me. Yeah. I totally agree. Look, you know... Wasn't too happy, like you know. I, I was a little not too happy, so to say a little disappointed with the last issue. But I'm glad. I'm glad that um, that things have been changed and uh, we're we're back on course. So uh, totally happy and 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 totally agree with you, Rick. Yeah, I'm definitely happy to see it put on the right back. I probably if I read if I reread that previous issue, I'd probably still agree its faults with it mm-hmm. that still exists. But you know, this issue was just wonderful. That was good. That was really cool. And finally, Connor, do you want to grab that one? Uh, Daryl, Peter Way, ends us off with, not really feeling this run, TBH. Not sure if it's because I really don't like it or because the Lemire's run was so good. Yeah, I totally feel you, Daryl, there. Um, it's always hard to follow up from such a great run. And uh, let's face it, Lemire's run might be seen as one of the, the best Moon Knight runs, you know, so far. So it's a hard act to follow. Uh, and and Bemis's run, as we've mentioned before, is quite divisive. It, it, he's trying something different, so that's always going to um, put people off, potentially. Um, but yeah, what do you reckon, Connor? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's always the battle of ongoings and the current rewrites of uh, heroes and the current states of the big two. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that, um, that wraps the feedback there. There was a, a, a massive amount. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, that was really cool, uh, and it was a, quite, a, quite a fun issue. So we've got another month to wait, kind of, before we can do this all again for issue 192. But before that, actually, we have Damnation coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, so. of course, yes. Mm. Oh, my gosh, Connor. We do, we do. Uh, that comes at late... Uh, what was that? Uh, late, late February, I think. It's the 21st of Feb, I think, from memory. Um, so that will be something we'll definitely be doing. Uh, before we get into that, though, I guess next phase, Connor, next week, it's a bit of a toss-up, we were just saying, right? Um, next week, we potentially are going to be looking again at our classic run of Moon Knight. Um, so we finished the Defenders run and uh, Spectacular Spider-Man Volume 1 issues 22 and 23 will be up for discussion and uh, we'll have a special guest there as well. But um, we've just got to confirm that. So we'll we'll let you know during the week as uh, confirmation comes at hand. Uh, if that doesn't work uh, or if it's going to be delayed, we will be looking at our... Um, next modern run issue Connor which is uh, our next uh, modern run which will be I believe the start of the Houston run yes fantastic volume 5 uh, number 1 of the first arc The Bottom by Charlie Houston and David Finch uh, and we'll hopefully have Rebecca on board for that uh, and we'll be doing as we always try to do with panel by panel, I just remember, Connor, we didn't do it for Resurrection War number one, but for <laughs> for Moon Knight Volume 5 number one, we'll do a panel by panel. So we will take that comic apart. And I <laughs> I mean that in a good way, and that'll be really cool. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we have coming up next week. So, But just keep a close eye, Loonies, on all our social platforms, uh, and... Um, and we'll let you know what's up ahead for next episode. But, Connor, wow, what an epic 
what an epic episode this has been. Um, yeah, no news, but we made you with some great help from wonderful fans. Exactly, exactly. Us uh, for Spectacle, Connor. What are we? Uh, who are we? Who are we shouting out this this issue? This this episode. Well, there is a particular podcast out called Capes and Lunatics, which, uh, as the name refers, recovers some of the mm. the crazier and the the macabre uh, caped heroes, but uh, not only do they have their own podcast, but with the release of Moon Knight 191, they put up a uh, great blog piece, uh, uh, blog on the Conchu yes. conspiracy, where they ran through almost Conchu's history, his um, sort of how his appearances work together in a conspiracy that might align. We won't say too much, we will just leave that in the show notes for you guys to check out. As we mentioned before, big shout out to the Moon Knight Core Facebook page. It has mm-hmm. been hilarious and blowing up with fans of that page alike, and it is just fantastic for for, moon, for more Moon Knight goodness. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess we'll we'll have to wrap this one up, Connor. Um, as we mentioned before, I just keep an eye out on our social platform stuff, um, just to keep on up to date with what we're going to do next episode. Um, and also, yeah, please feel free to drop us some feedback or um, just comments on on the Moon Knight issues um, that we review or any Moon Knight that you're reading. Uh, and we're more than happy to to read them out on the show. Um, just finally, Connor, where can everyone find us? They can find us anywhere. Uh, they can find us many places across the internet. If you want to email us, you can find us at moonnightpodcast@gmail.com. We have uh, all our stuff on the website now at intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. Our Facebook page with updates, new episodes, uh, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight. And for groups where that whole 191 discussion went down and more, uh, with over 250 moonies now. Moonies, wow, moonies, uh, awesome. At groups, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash into the night. Our Twitter handle is at itkmoonnight. And you can find us on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. Spotify now, we're on Libsyn, hopefully all good podcast catches you guys are using. Just search for Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Fantastic, yes. Uh, love to hear from you. Um, thanks so much for listening, guys. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be back next week for more Moon Knight goodness. Um, I think that's all from us, so I'll throw it to Connor again. May Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Goodbye. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.